Hey, Honeymooners, you can find ad-free episodes, Moshe's DJ sets, merch discounts, and so much more on our Patreon. Check it out at patreon.com slash endlesshoneymoon or click the link in the description of this episode. Welcome to the Endless Honeymoon Podcast. We're on lockdown. I have two words for you, Moshe. Lockdown? Oy vey. Oh, wow. You really are. You're coming into your own as a Jew, although you are wearing a very Christmassy outfit today. I hate when men say if you're wearing red, it's Christmas. Or if you have stripes, <laughs> they're like, is that an Italian restaurant's tablecloth? Stripes? It's red. Or I don't know, checkers or a flower print and people are just like... You just became... They just don't get fashion. So much more in your persona <laughs> in this moment. <laughs> I'm just saying it's okay. To wear green and red. Oh, it's green too? What? It's got green... Sarah Silverman gave me this dress. It is cute. Are they artichokes? No, they're green roses. Um, we just got an update that Los Angeles has gone into full lockdown. I mean, m- more than before. And here is um, some of the language from the lockdown. <laughs> all, okay, see if you guys can follow me on this, okay? Um, all travel, including foot, bicycle, scooter, motorcycle, automobile, or public transit is prohibited. <laughs> but in the same announcement, beaches are open for recreation, as is golf. How do you get to the beach? Maybe it's only for people who live on the beach are still allowed to go to the beach and people who golf are still allowed to golf. What do you mean? People that... What do you mean? Rich people love beaches and golfing. They mean... I'm saying How do you get to the beach? Well, they're saying that we can't walk around the block. This would be people that live in the ocean (laughs) can paddle to surf and then paddle back to their sea home. What about the mayors who are telling us all of this and then they're on vacation? Oh, yeah. We got a text from uh, Chelsea Peretti, friend of the show, uh, about some some mayor who... Uh, but wasn't our mayor just at the French Laundry? Yes, that did happen. That was, uh, that was amazing, too. I mean, the way... Uh, the, pr- the unbelievable... I mean, just so you know, Gavin Newsom, you don't really... I know that Gavin Newsom... Um, are you up on him? Yeah, he's like married to Trump Jr.'s ex-wife or something. No, the other way around. He's the he was married to Trump Jr.'s current wife. All I have to know is they have the same taste. <laughs> well, by the way, how do you go from I mean, the it couldn't be more transparent if you're married to a democratic thought leader to a democratic cocaine a Republican cocaine addict what your vibe is. You're not really a politico. You're like you're, I don't know what that is. What do they call, you know how they call uh, comedy groupies chuckle fuckers? <laughs> and they call, um, <laughs> no, who says that? You've never heard that? I have, but I mean, I would never repeat it. Well, I mean, I did it for comedic effect, but chuckle fuckers, there's, there's other ones like that too for different genres. What is it called when you, um, only have sex with people in with, power? With politicians. When you're a, a po- Oh, like how the um, Bouvier daughters, like one married, like Jacqueline Kennedy married a president and then her sister married a prince. And then didn't she marry another prince? Who's who's Onassis? He, Yeah, I think that people are just um, raised to like find a person in power to procreate with. That's what you did, right? No, that's what I did. <laughs> um, look, Gavin Newsom used to be the 
mayor of San Francisco. That's that was his first uh, big job, and um, I would say uh, I would say it's impossible to imagine he wasn't snorting uh, p- piles of cocaine the size of the Golden Gate. Why? I mean, look at the guy. Oh, right, He's got that hair, that like Gordon Gecko hair, that like slick power man hair. Anyway. Your point is that they're just hypocrites. Well, hold on. My point, I'm going to tell you the story of Gavin Newsom because it's a doozy. Uh, he's a hot and sexy politician, so people will not let his political career die. But he was a mayor of San Francisco, um, big time party animal, allegedly. I don't know any of this firsthand. Thick, thick dick with a little bit of a ridge on the top. I don't know that personally, <laughs> but his thick—it's th- it's regular length, but it's thicker than average. Uh, reddish pubes um, taste taste vaguely of musk. Musk is the good one, right? Musk is mm-hmm. the bad one. Oh, right. Well, must is worse than musk, but I'm not a fan of musk either. But it's musk very is manly. The, musk is in the pleasant scent family, and musk. Is I in think the, it's gross, but yes. Anyway. Gavin Newsom, big controversy because he was caught fucking his campaign manager and best friend. Oh, right. Who was one man's wife. So he got the guy who got him into power. He was fucking his wife the whole time. Married to Kimberly Guilfoyle, who's now married to Donald Trump Jr. And then became the, I think, attorney general of California. Then became the governor and was having a real kind of nice... People were starting to forget that he had done all that stuff. He still had a career after he fucked his campaign manager's yes, wife? Yes, People won't let him die because he's so handsome. They're like, he's handsome. Let him just... Wait, keep... I have to Google him. I didn't know he was that handsome. He's beautiful. And he just... <laughs> he fucks like a stallion. I mean, his body ripples with just firmness. But there's a softness to him, too. Anyway, he... He did this press... He got busted at a, at a restaurant... Like the most fancy restaurant in America. In America. Like uh, they only have like, it's like you have to get a reservation six years in advance. It was so funny, his apology. It was just like, I look, I went to the, uh, you know, the French Laundry. It was my friend's 50th birthday. And uh, uh, I shouldn't have done it. I I should have (laughs) known that maybe it was a little, there were more people there than than I had expected. It was in the afternoon. It was in the afternoon as if that was germane. Oh, yeah. Like, like um, time of day matters for COVID. Uh, Right. Like. And the, the, the ostentatiousness of the restaurant. Is just, anyway, my point of all of this is, uh, oh, well, we wanted to talk about this. This mayor, Mayor Adler of, this is the thing that Chelsea, oh, the mayor of Austin just sends out this message saying we need to, this is from Chelsea Peretti, we need to stay home if you can. This is not the time to relax. We may have to close things down if we're not careful, he said in a Facebook video to Austin residents. Taped in? Cabo San Lucas. He was in Cabo telling the people of Austin, now's the time to hunker down. These fucking people, man. These sick fucking pigs. Everybody. But doesn't Gavin Newsom think he will get COVID at the French Laundry indoors with 20 people in a, in a, in a table? Like- Gavin Newsom, everybody that wants power doesn't deserve it. And these people that get power, they really, every one of them, except maybe Bernie Sanders, really think that they are like, like gods among men. How dare you say that about Obama? But he is kind of a god. He probably thinks of himself that way too. These people, anybody that wants to be president or 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 governor, shouldn't. You should never give power to people that want power. And so they think they're above it all. But it's just like it's not. It's not that going to a restaurant is bad. It's that if you're the dude making the rules, 
You can't do it. It's like Bill Clinton. I always thought about like, you just can't get your dick sucked by an intern. I know you're <laughs> horny. I know you're horny, but you're the but, fucking president. But they didn't have like, you know, virtual fucking then. Like now what do you he, mean they didn't have virtual? Well, like porn wasn't First as First of all, good. what is virtual fucking? I don't know. Like, what have you, you been up to? Can't you put on an Oculus and like put your hands in some kind of like... I wish. I have an Oculus. Or, I have not. Or can't you put... I just think like maybe porn has gotten better in the past since he fucked monica Lewinsky 20 years ago maybe <laughs> you think if there if Pornhub was around when clinton was in office he wouldn't maybe no you don't think porn helps like curb some of these men's like appetites i don't that's an interesting question i don't know the has infidelity gone down since the advent of internet pornography i doubt that but now can't you like meet a girl and like go to the same girl over the internet you mean like webcams? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. You're not a regular with someone? <laughs> no, honestly, webcams have always made me... The idea of webcamming with a person makes me a little uncomfortable. Like they're live there, right? Yeah, I just... Why Ooh. would I want that? I, that I don't seems, want that. That seems kind of creepy. Yeah, I'm like, where's the BBC? Big black cock, you know? Also, how do you, you know they're not you recording wanna... you? Oh, well, we have a friend... Uh, do you know Ryan Singer? You might not know him. He's a great comedian who he was online one time. And I don't think I'm talking out of school to tell this story because it's such a good one. Uh, and he's talked about it in, in public. Basically, some girl was he was camming with some girl in the Philippines. And he's like dick out, slathered up, chomping away at the bit. And uh, all of a sudden, like she disappears and some dudes, some dude comes on, some Filipino guy. That's like, hey, motherfucker, we've been recording this whole thing and we're going to release it to all of your Facebook friends <laughs> and everybody in your contacts unless you pay us like, I don't know, some amount of money. So he starts like haggling with this guy. Like, could you just do it for like $100? And basically, the way I found out was he announced it. He was like, look, I was fucking jerking off to somebody and uh, they're gonna they're blackmailing me and I just am not going to pay it. So I just decided to let everybody know preempting. Can you imagine your mom getting that message? That's crazy. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I know that you say that we're not a political podcast. I don't say anything. And, um, you know, I think that it's just really hard to make sense of what's happening right now. So I think it's nice that you address it and um, you want to start getting into some comedy. Well, what do we? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> oh, but oh, wait, I had one more point about Bill Clinton getting his dick sucked. Okay. I've thought about this a lot. My, my but that is a very depressing point that the people who want power grab it. They don't deserve it. And we can't trust them, and they're in charge. No, you cannot trust anybody that wants to be in charge, and that unfortunately, I never want to be in charge. No, God. I mean, forbid. I want to be in charge of my creative projects. That's it, and I kind of want to be in charge of like my child's rearing. You know what they should do? They should they should find a way to make to to elect to president the president from some like some senator that doesn't want it, and they should just oh I don't know how you would do it because then how do you get democracy? But basically, it just is like these people are megalomaniacal. I mean, imagine wanting to be the leader of the free world. The leader <laughs> of the free world. That's why everybody, when Trump got elected, was like, do you know how much he gave up? Do you know what he gave up to, to, to serve us? I'm like, yeah, did you think that being the president wasn't a lucrative or attractive? He's the leader of the free world. I mean, if you're a rich person, what's better than rich person? the the most powerful person in the world this is how you know we're in a fucked up time is i just i sometimes i'll check into trump's twitter and every single one of his tweets like 50 of them it's like there's a little it's message disputed from Twitter that it's like this is not 
This is not a real thing. This is this has not been proven. That just feels like this it should be a- everyone's tweets. Because right. no one's tweeting about anything real. Anyway. But wait. that's amazing that as the president, you don't even have power to not. I mean. Oh, that's what he wants. He wants to sue them for doing that. Oh, my God. Anyway. Wait. I wanted to make my one point that I've been thinking about with this Clinton thing since 1996. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, at first I was like, look, I get being horny. But like, just don't do that while you're the president. Just don't do that. The eyes of the world are on you. You got to be a moral leader. sick. But then I realized it's the thing. It's not that they do it despite being powerful. It's why they do it. What do you mean? It's the same reason that powerful people like Harvey Weinstein used to like, you go, Harvey, you could, you could pay for sex. You could get willing partners. Bill, Bill Cosby, why would you do this? It's the, it's the, the psychological like power in that makes you want to lead the world or be the most famous person or be the most powerful person in hollywood that makes you want to do the dirty thing and makes you want to do the uh, the, abrogate the 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 rule and violate because you're powerful and you have power and you can do anything and that's part of it oh right because it's not like he was just horny I mean, He's like, I'm the king. I'm, I'm, Come in here, girl. No one can tell me. Rules don't apply to me. No one right. can tell me that That's... I don't get to get a blowjob from the interns around here. Mm. I <laughs> I am the king. Right. Worship me. And, and, and anyone that... And that's what all these people are doing. Every politician is a pile of shit, which is why... I, I I like to vote for the thing the policies I believe in, not for the people. Which is why it sucks that we vote for like charisma. That's what we do. Like, oh, that decent man. That decent man will send drones to Yemen. That'll be that'll be a decent man that will deregulate environmental rules and make the earth cook. But he he'll, he's got a nice grin. I hear you. I hear you too. What do you think? I just think it's not fair that the the politicians can break the rules and then get like a really nice cocktail for COVID and then they're fine. <laughs> right, right. You flat the rules, but you also are in this position where if no matter what happens sick. to you, you're going to get some inf- mega infusion. Of- They're all getting that when they get sick and it right. saves them. Right. Well, I mean, there is nothing more old school. I mean, that's straight up let them eat cake, you know? Yeah. Let them get COVID. <laughs> okay, so let's. Uh, do we want to address uh, just a little bit of mail? You want to take some mail? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I like when they send. I like when people send emails to the podcast, so I don't have to open my dark DMs. You have dark DMs. You know what? I go to my DMs, and it's just like gross. Oh, like people are like, I want to sniff your bung. Y- yeah, I want to sniff your bunghole. Yeah, <laughs> there's some that you know. You have some characters in your in your comments that I recognize as like recurring characters. Like every time you post, there's like a guy like, yeah, Tosh, lacy, lacy underwear is what I'm into. Loved you in world's dumbest. Sometimes, no, sometimes it's just kind of depressing. Like, hey, are you single? When it's like, okay, do you follow me? Like I, you know, about, I post about my family. What do you say to them? I don't respond, obviously, but I'm looking through it to see if there's any. To see if there's anybody hot enough to respond to? No, honestly, I'm sure a lot of people do that. But what I'm doing, I never even look at their pictures. I'm trying to find email or mail from our friend from our fans. Okay, I'm gonna so I'm gonna read this. I don't email. know what this is about. I'm gonna I'm gonna read it. Natasha's already read it. 
I don't know what the title or the topic of this is, but here's the email. Hi, Moshe and Natasha. Love your stand-up and love the pod. So happy to have you in my life each week. So far, seems positive. I wanted to let you know a few things about Rayos. Okay, we're going back to Rayos. <laughs> Natasha. Okay, it really is the best store-bought av- sauce available. And I think, unlike our election, something about the blind taste test must have been rigged. So he's... She- this person saying our election was not rigged. Yes, and they're more politics, more politics. They're also. I saying don't take a stance on whether our election was rigged. They're also saying Rayos is clearly better than Mazzetta. Okay, I also add a cup of Rayos to broths for soups and stews, and it comes through for me every time. Sounds pretty good. Actually, takes my minestrone to the <laughs> next level. Okay, <laughs> I'm a therapist in Portland, Oregon, and I have had a few clients who have had serious anxiety about a secret as a way to expose themselves to a small amount of distress about their secret being revealed and confront the negative power of the secret i have recommended a few clients call the secret hotline <laughs> how about that well two of them have and said it really worked <laughs> they said saying their secret out loud anonymously getting a light roasting by you both and the overall lighthearted feeling of the Secrets Hotline has helped them manage anxiety around their secret and feel less alone and weighted down by their secret. Hooray! Thanks for helping me be a good therapist. Love you guys, and thanks for getting us through pandemic life. Simone. Oh my God, that is so nice. Simone, uh, we're at P.O. Box 412, <laughs> Los Angeles, California, 90067, and you can send us, I don't know, what do you think? I guess per client, probably I would say 5%. Of their weekly, and we're not going to do it in perpetuity. I'm just going to take a limited amount of 5% annuity from you. Okay. Yes. You want me to end that? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I never thought that's such an interesting point that telling a secret helps the person. Of course. Yeah. I never thought of it like that. I did. I did. You did? did? I thought of it because when I had the idea to do it, I was like, the reason that this will be uh, sustainable that we will continue to get secrets is because I mean I guess I didn't think about the the full therapeutic value of it I'm surprised and delighted by this email but I thought people want to get it off their chest it's like that king has the ears of an ass thing right mm-hmm. they they have people that have secrets want to tell it to somebody and to have a benign I don't care depository for it is got to be good right mm-hmm. yes um, okay, great. I have well, a confession. Oh, you do? Yeah. What is it? A number of the secrets, yeah. a number of them, are, are, are me calling in <laughs> with a disguised voice. I will never tell you which. As long as you're not that guy who sleeps with like a pack Pez dispenser that he picks his butt with. <laughs> That's right. Well, you would know it was that me. That image still haunts me. That is very funny. You would know that was me because I would have said I often will pick at my bunghole. <laughs> Wait, honey, can we listen to a secret? I mean, we should play a secret, but I got to say that is freaking delightful. The people are getting actual therapeutic use out of our secrets outline. I just think that's so nice. It's not exactly anonymous. It is. What do you mean? Because you could have someone who knows you could listen to the podcast and hear it, hear your voice. It's bold. It's bold. But here's... I mean, honestly, it's awesome. And speaking of bold, Simone in a separate email was bold enough to email us the names and identities of the people, (laughs) her clients that left the secrets. And so I want to say to Thomas, the Pez Pez guy, uh, congratulations on breaking through. I wonder if it was Pez guy. Simone didn't do that. 
Um, all right. Well, I want to hear a secret. Now all I'm right. dying for one. I want one too because this isn't just entertainment, you guys. You are participating in someone's therapeutic process. Hi. I have a secret for you guys. I feel so guilty about this. I haven't told anyone. Um, my friend had a baby recently and she's very scared about COVID, understandably. Um, so her rule is like, you need to get tested for COVID before you see the baby, which I have done multiple times to visit the baby. But the first time I was feeling lazy. And so I like screenshotted my old negative test results and sent them in. Don't worry. <laughs> I mean, at least knock on wood, nothing. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I, I'm hoping nothing is happening from it. I don't have any COVID symptoms, but I just need to get that off my chest because I feel real bad about it. Okay. I uh, love the show. Bye. Okay. Now, if her friend is listening to this podcast, see, she would be totally pissed at her. Well, I guess this person, first of all, is playing the odds because there's a lot of friends out there that are probably doing this exact same thing. So she's saying, thinking to herself, you know what? Probably a lot of people will be upset with their friends right now and say what the fuck but also how bad do you want you want to see your friend's baby that bad that's how much you love kids but you still aren't gonna you don't love them enough to get tested <laughs> <laughs> like how many times do you need to see your friend's baby i love kids so much i can't resist them but i am willing to risk their lives in order to see it that is fucking crazy that do not ever do that again that's first of all you your friendship with your friend will be a hundred percent over like it will be over they will not be your friend anymore rightly so and why it's exactly what you said why do you want to see the fucking baby so badly i mean and how many even even if you were doing the legitimate covid test how many fucking times can you see a newborn where the cycle of your covid tests don't keep up. We're entering a new era. You have to do... You can't do things like that. What? what in, the, that, in the old era, you could? No, but I think that more than ever, conscious people need to like try to be like doing good and promoting good and not lying. And like, especially to your friends. Especially to your good friends. For, who cares about your friendship? The infant... Don't give infants COVID. Also her... She kind of thought the whole thing was hilarious. Yes. <laughs> Her lighthearted. The chuckles. <laughs> I hate that. I mean, I guess we all laugh to like try to, you know, right. disguise the pain. Right, right, right. I, 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 I didn't feel like that, though, did it? It felt like it, I'm <laughs> amused by this. Well, she could have easily replaced like it could have been about anything. Totally. It definitely didn't have the air of like weight. It didn't have a weight to it. Even when she said she was guilty, she's like, and I'm just like totally guilty about this. (laughs) What the fuck? Don't do it anymore. Just say I have. What is the problem with saying I haven't gotten tested this week? I'm not going to make it. I would say that if I had gotten tested, I would lie to my friend and say, I would love to come hang out with you and your infant. But unfortunately, I didn't get tested. So I'm going to be staying home just hanging out and being a cool adult. Right, because the whole point of getting tested is like you've done something you've done something risky, right, in that week. It's not like she's getting tested, doing nothing, staying at home the entire time and then screenshotting an old test because if she didn't do anything. Yes, I but I'm also saying I would get a a negative test and call my friend and say I might be positive. I'm sorry. So that I could get out of hanging out with them and their baby. That's what I'm saying. 
let's play another secret. Okay. Okay, I have a secret. So, I was adopted. I'm Korean. My family was white, and all my friends growing up were white. My family had a little bit of white trash in them, and there was a lot of yelling going on, and they were kind of loud. So when we would go out to restaurants, it was sometimes a little bit embarrassing. However, I would like it when my friends would come along because I knew people would just assume that that was their parent and <laughs> I was the friend. And looking back on it, I feel bad. I love my family and they were great. Um, just a little white trashy and embarrassing sometimes. And I wonder if my friends ever realized that, that um, other people were thinking that it was actually their parents and not mine. Anyway, that's my secret. I love the podcast. That's really funny. That is so cute. I love it. That is really... Nothing to feel guilty about. You got to take advantage of the opportunities that you're given. If you're going to be an adoptee, fucking get get it, get the advantages where you can. Be like, that's not... Oh, I don't know them. I mean, people who adopt kids, they seem like saints to me. Yeah, yeah. I think it's probably... Everyone wants to have their own kid, but like you really don't help... You can you you really can make a difference in the world. I think if you adopt, because you're not you're not like increasing the carbon footprint by like having another child, and then you're taking someone and giving them like opportunities that they would hopefully never. Hopefully, you're doing that. I mean, obviously, there's some terrible situations. I'm sure, and it's I'm sure it's a corrupt system. I don't really get the Korean adoption thing because maybe it was different a long time ago. Because I, 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 but Korea is like a. Re- wealthy country isn't it I, I, I right but maybe they were born in a poor situation or sure you know i know a little bit about korean adoption situation because joel kim booster is a comedian very funny comedian and a korean adoptee and he was telling us his story about um adoption and going back and this i'll never forget this really blew my mind he said that in seoul there's whole um apartment complexes of american adopted koreans who come back to korea to like do you know find their roots or but to live there permanently and they live in like communities in korea so like it'll, there'll be like a whole apartment building that'll be all american why what, why did they go back or why do they live together or what do you mean yeah, why? why do they live together because they are uh, probably of a of a cultural kind and find it easier but and i don't know why there's an infrastructure available for the people in that community to find each other but i just always thought that was such an interesting idea it's like all these adoptees living together in seoul but they were raised in america but they're back to find their roots but they do it together it kind of sounds fun in a way like are they all look actively looking for their parents I don't know that much. I don't know the... Let's have Joel Kim Booster on the damn podcast. I would love and to he talk can tell to him us. about that. I'm so fascinated by it. Although the problem with Joel Kim Booster, I'll tell you right now what the problem with him is. Hmm. He's got a fucking advice podcast. I don't know if I can have the competition on. All right. No, we'll have him on. Um, okay, let's listen to another secret. Okay. Natasha, Moshe, hello. I love the podcast. I love you both. It's been a huge help in getting through living in a pandemic. Um, so my secret is something that I've come to terms with just recently, and I don't know who to tell it to, so I figured this would be the best place. It's just that in probably the last few years, my love 
has only grown stronger for shopping at Walmart. I didn't grow up with it. Uh, my first experience of it was in college, and now I live in Texas, and I don't know, I just, I love shopping there. A lot of um, staples on my grocery list are cheaper there. The curbside pickup is really easy. And yes, I understand, you know, everything that they're doing is destroying communities and, and small businesses and stuff, and I should shop locally, which I do. I do. I mean, I've worked for local businesses, but God damn it, this is this is who I am now. I just got back from picking up the other half of my boyfriend's birthday present from there. I just ordered his birthday. I think we can probably cut it off there. <laughs> it's like the secret ended at your at, the, at your punchline, lady. I could hear it in her voice. I know, but I, I did try to go with her on that Walmart journey, and I was like, there is a certain smell, I, I but I, I hate it. But I'm like, what is it? Is it like, does it make her feel safe? Does it like, you know, that smell of kind of like plastic and cheap clothes? You know, like when you enter a Walmart, like all that, like all those fumes from all that cheap stuff just kind of like emanating all, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it smells like um, plastic. Walmart? Doesn't it? I don't know. I didn't never notice it out of smell. I, I mean, what's the appeal? The prices. <laughs> and if you live <laughs> far enough in the country, also the community aspect. What's the community aspect? It's the only thing in town. <laughs> so you go there because that's what there is to do. But that's so, only so Walmart. Walmarts. So Walmart to her is like getting out of the house. I don't know. <laughs> I think she liked. She liked the prices. She was mentioning lots of products. I would like the prices of Walmart, but I wouldn't want to go there. She was making it seem like she really liked it there. I mean, I get it. There's something cool about it being... It's not just a store. It's a superstore. <laughs> and there's something cool about like being able to get a set of tires in the same place you can get a blouse. So it's like Costco. It's yeah, it's like Costco, but Costco has diamonds, guns, river rafts. Well, Costco's even more like that. Tomato Costco, sauce. <laughs> Costco gets like a little wild, like they kind of go with the theme and run with it. But Walmart is like, you know, it's supposed to be like the the hub of a community. Have you ever looked at the most the top richest people in the world? Are they the Walmart people? Well, there's, you know, there's your Bill Gateses and your Elon Muskses and your people like that. But then it's like, you know, Bob Walton and then is number four, and then number seven, Diane Walton, and then number eight is like <laughs> Richard Walton. I don't know their real first names, but it's like, ew, this company is so big and rich that they, at some point, the kids took over, and they're all still among the richest people in the world. They split the empire. Didn't they like come in and just buy up all the hardware stores? Like they would sure. just set up and sit in like small towns where there was the local hardware store. There and- is nothing good about Walmart except for the accessibility. And if you're in a community that's dependent on the accessibility of Walmart, you have to shop there. Uh, you know, uh, but there, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a rotten place. I see. Ethically, ethically speaking, mm-hmm. Walmart. Aesthetically I would, speaking, as well. But 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 according to you. Um, olfactorily speaking, <laughs> there's something about it. No, 
something. Well, yeah, maybe there's something ca- calming, nurturing. I don't About know. the smell in a Walmart? I don't know. I really don't know. They, don't they have like really wide aisles? They do have wide and, aisles. And like really wide um, carts. Everything's Really big. wide customers, honestly, <laughs> as well. Okay, let's hear one more. I can't end on Walmart. Hi, um, I have a secret for the hotline. Um, I am a 30-year-old gay male, biological. I know I have a funny voice. Uh, <laughs> um, but when I was in high school, my family moved to the Caribbean. And um, we're very religious. We were raised as a Jehovah's And there was a group of three kids in the congregation, boys, who befriended me. And I found out it was because they were trying to see if I was gay. And I was really upset, so decided to get my revenge. And basically what I did was became really good at being a Jehovah's Witness. And I would go like door to door and preach a lot and became just like the kid that all the parents were proud of to the point where the, the group of kids that had did this thing to me, um, their parents in front of me in front of them said how much they wished that they were more like me. Um, it did backfire, however, because when I came out of the closet, my mother was then devastated and was just like, but you were so good at a witness. And I was like, yeah. Oops. Um, anyway, that's my secret. And I haven't really told my mom about that because I feel like she would be really upset. But yeah, all right. Love the podcast. Bye. I just really liked that he did a little caveat about his voice because clearly every time he every time he does a audio based thing he's got to be like just so you know because i a lot of stuff happened for me listening he's like hey i'm a gay and i was like a lesbian and then he's like male was like oh transgender and he's like biological i was like oh there was a lot of flips i was having so that's that was cool it's never good when your family moves when the whole family to the Caribbean when you're a kid. Sounds good to me. To be a Jehovah's Witness. That doesn't sound good to me. What do they have to like knock? So they they were knocking on doors in the Caribbean. <laughs> so that's, I uh, I hear you, but I'd rather knock on doors in the Caribbean than knock on doors in Topeka. That's true. But uh, no, I wouldn't. I I, I wouldn't want to go to. I wouldn't want to go to any nation to go bring them good news. <laughs> That I've just brought with me from the States. Like, hey, guess what? Uh, uh, change. I didn't understand, though. He he became the best Jehovah's Witness to, like, shame those kids. You think it was shame? Was it the... Not the- shame, but just be like, I'm better than you, and I'm gay. You should be as cool as me. Well, I was... I think what he was saying was that they were sniffing around him because they were religious, and they thought he was gay, and they were going to, like, try to get him. Like, make him be better or something. So he decided to be so much better than them that the moms are like, "Right, you got to be like, be like Mike. And right. then he's like, uh-uh. Wow, I'm, that sounds like such a hard childhood. To be gay and in an unbelievably religious order? Yeah. Yes, that sounds and like then hell. uprooted in high school? That's pretty old to be uprooted. Yeah. You already have your friends, and then you're in the Caribbean? Well, you keep saying Caribbean. <laughs> well, I'm just saying like it's, it's not so far the away. best part of the story <laughs> for this guy. 
That that is definitely the best part. Remember when we did the comedy show in the Caribbean? In the Cayman Islands. Is that the Caribbean? Yeah, yeah. It's it's in the Caribbean. Yeah. It was so beautiful every day. It was so cool. And you know what was really cool is I I opened a shadow tax account there. And we haven't been paying income tax since. (laughs) Wait, what did we do with our baby? Oh, she's still in the Caribbean as we speak. (laughs) Um, What did we do with our baby? Because I just remember being without a baby. We were without a baby. Maybe it was before I had the child. It was not before you had the child. I re- I'll tell you what I remember from that trip is that we went to go see Salt and Peppa. And <laughs> it was a music festival we were doing. We went to go see Salt and Peppa. And I was like... We were like waiting there for them to come out and start dancing. Right. And they came out and all of a sudden it was Salt and Peppa and their DJ was a guy. And I was like, wait a minute. Is, Spinder- is Spinderella dead? And then like I was like, what the heck? Why isn't Spinderella here? And then, because she was billed, yeah. Well, no, I mean, Salt and Pepper, that's who it is. And then, come to find out that they had had a a rumored physical fight <laughs> in the hotel <laughs> that Spinderella had complained that she wasn't getting enough money and would like, was like, they all got into a physical fight and fired her from the band in the Grand Cayman Islands. And then they just happened to have a backup DJ, I guess, just in case. It was probably like a sound guy who just stepped in. But he was really good. It was like, what, do they have somebody just in case Spinderella finds out how much she's getting paid? I don't know. But I remember when I heard that, I was like, how could anyone be in a fight here? Yeah, right. So it's just like, it's just kind of that like warm, always breezy. Also, you know, the cool thing about the Caymans, Hmm. um, no natives. So there's no guilt. There's no genocide guilt going on. I think that's part of it. The people there aren't like living with the reality that the only reason they're there is that they displaced or destroyed a, a, an entire native society. It was like a pirate wow. stopover. Oh, interesting. And then the British took over. That's and then, so interesting. So, well, so it's funny too because we got there and it's like Queen Elizabeth's pictures there and you were asking me today, why do they want to like you know, take Barbados and these places, but it's like you just described it. Why wouldn't you want to say, these are my subjects. I'm the queen of this place too. I mean, that place is gorgeous. Have you but ever been to we, the weather in, in, in England? Hold on a second. What? Didn't we start this whole podcast where you were like, I just don't get people that want power. And then in the end, you're like, wouldn't you love to be the queen of a bunch of subjects? No, I I mean, I think it's obviously wrong that they do that. But I'm saying like, that's why they do it. It's what you were saying. It's power. I want power. But anyway, but Cayman, right? There's no um, indigenous people. No, no, no angry people. I forget the genocide and the guilt. There's no people living there that are like, what the fuck are these British people doing here? That's a good point. But my that kind of goes with the other problem with that place is there's no culture. Right. There's no culture. There's no architecture. Everything's just like a building with four walls because mm-hmm. there's like it just feels kind of transient in that way. Well, we had a nice time. Right. The weather and the beaches were. And salt and pepper and that guy. <laughs> that was lots. Of, and we saw Blondie. It was really good. And she said something really good. She said on stage, or no, maybe I read it or something, but she said, um, she said that when people, because I related to it a lot, she said, I try to not like get mad about technology and I try to just go with it and always be like moving forward in terms of, you know, that, that part of the world. And I think I always fight it. And just to hear someone who was like 70 and an artist being like embracing technology, I thought that was kind of cool. That is cool. And she's not a particularly like technology, you know, it's not like she's, you know, she's, she's still a lo-fi type of performer, 
but I think she was just saying in life in general. She looked pretty hot too. Yeah, she looked good. I mean, you're making a more uh, profound point, but she had really nice legs. And uh, you know who else has really nice legs, Natasha? Mayor Cutie. Mayor Cutie's little tip, tipper tapper toes. And also, I would say you. And I tell you why I like them so much. Because oh they go all the way up to the woman I love. <laughs> I love your legs too. Thanks. <laughs>